Hello, and welcome to the Let's Talk Sports podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and today I'm joined by my sister, Nicola. I'm so excited to announce this episode is sponsored by Outdoor Voices, a female-owned athleisure wear brand. Outdoor Voices is founded by Tyler Haney. She is an extraordinary independent businesswoman promoting female empowerment. Her brand is made for all women of all ages and sizes. This inclusive brand makes all women feel strong and confident while partaking in sports. Before we dive into today's topic, why don't we introduce ourselves? I'm your host, Logan Barrett. I did three years of gymnastics, seven years of swimming, and three years of cheerleading. My guest host today is Nicola. Hi everyone, my name is Nicola and I am a fourth year university student. I also am a cheerleader for the university, so I'm a part of the varsity uh, sports at my school. So I have firsthand experience with sports and being a female within sports, so I'm really excited to bring my experiences and ideas to today's podcast. So our podcast is called Let's Talk Sports, a sports media podcast, and today we are going to dive in and investigate the inequality of women in sports and how they are portrayed in the media. And jumping off to the theme of women in sports from our podcast, we are going to dive into some statistics and research pertaining to women's sports. Yeah, so I first wanted to point out that Steph Curry is currently the highest paid basketball player. He makes $43 million per year. Dewana Bonner is the highest paid women's basketball player in the WNBA, and she makes $215,000 per year. This is all according to the WNBA. For another example, in the 2014 U.S. men's national team collected $9 million for finishing in the 11th place in the World Cup, but the U.S. women's national team only took home $2 million for winning the 2015 Women's World Cup. There's massive difference, as we can see. Also, in doing a quick Google search of sports news, not one article or thread is about women. They're all about male athletes and male sports, which are being represented. So as we can see, it's not just about pay difference. There's a huge discrepancy within media representation, which is a problem in itself. Yes, Nicola, that was a great point. So I was doing a quick research and I found that 4% of women cover the sports media and 96% of men cover the rest. This is such a huge difference in inequality of the genders and sports media coverages. There are many different theories, but a theory I wanted to talk to you about was the hegemonic theory. The hegemonic theory is cultural norms guarantee males in dominant positions in society over women. This encourages certain traits in men and discourages them in women. For an example, differences in media portrays genders. When looking at popular sports websites, the male dominant sports are headlines, whereas the women's sports are in the other column as we see on TSN and Sportsnet. Yeah, so that's such a great theory to use. It really shows that male sports are regarded as more dominant and more important than women's sports within society. And it's not really just about sport either. This theory really explains how it's about women's experiences in general and it reaches far beyond sport. And women have been brought up and um, society has thought that women are just less of lesser value than males. And women's sport is described as boring and lacking enthusiasm from different commentators and different journalists. And male sport is more enthusiastic and it's more dominant. So we can really see the difference um, when we take a step back and look at the women's experience as a whole. Now that we talked about some facts and statistics, let's talk about our own personal experiences. 
So I did cheerleading for three years and often in elementary school and the people around me, they often said that it wasn't a real sport and it was too easy and they often discouraged me for joining the sport. But according to the Canadian Sport Association, it is the most dangerous non-contact sport. And when you think of sports injuries, you often think of football, basketball, soccer, but in most dangerous terms, serious injuries are not in football, soccer, and basketball, it's in cheerleading. Although this is not the number one factor in determining a sport, it really highlights the athleticism, skills, and safety athletes need to have in the world of cheerleading. Yeah, that's such a great point to bring up because a lot of people don't understand that there's two different sides to cheerleading, the competitive side and then the cheering on other team side. So cheerleading really is a sport in itself and then the little extras are cheering on different teams. And talking about my own experience, I really want to bring this back into the media. So on my university athletics webpage, you can filter different news articles. If you were to filter men's hockey, for example, there's 100 plus articles for you to read. And although cheerleading has a much shorter season, if you were to filter on women's cheerleading, there's not even a quarter of those amount of articles. There's about four. So we can really see the difference in coverage and interest within these different women's sports, which if you're being represented by the same university, you think that you would have a little bit of the same amount of coverage. Yeah, that is a really good point about how the hegemonic theory is engraved into society. Another example is in July of 2013 in Britain, female journalist Stella Greasy and Caroline Perez received threats of rape on Twitter after they campaigned to keep a woman represented. This is an example of the hegemonic theory and forms of aggression and violence towards women in sports. The internet then trolled and promoted violence against these women because they were sports commentators. Due to the number of social media platforms, men share their negative opinions of female athletes, stopping the idea women are equal to men. They often feel intimidated by female athletes and will do anything in their power to deteriorate and minimize women. We can see this with Serena Williams. So she was pretty aggressive to the decision that happened in a tennis game and she was pretty angry and showed forms of aggression and she received a lot of hate for this. People were making memes and were really making fun of her on the internet but then a man can be pretty aggressive with the decision that could happen in a hockey game or a football game and they will receive no hates. Everyone will be on their sides and everyone will think that they did nothing wrong. So this is another example of females having a pretty bad reputation in the media and how the media covers women in a really bad and negative light. Additionally, another reason why men and women have such a different media coverage in the sports is because they know many watchers will not watch female games. This is because it is not very accessible and many people just over-sexualize these female athletes. Companies are less likely to sponsor female teams and this would cause a major funding gap between men and female teams in the media coverage. Nicola, what else would you like to add? Yeah, so I think the over-sexualization is a great point. And we see that women on TV are just objects to look at. They're not um, a game to watch. And I think sport being really male-dominated as it is, and um, a lot of viewers are male, they would much rather just watch a male game. And if females are on TV, they're objects. So we really need to push for equal coverage and more viewers for these female games and really looking at them as athletes and not as sexualized beings. 
These are all disheartening examples that we see within the media and even that we've both explained to each other in our own experiences. And I can't help thinking about the aspect of growing women's sport. How are little girls going to want to join sport and how are we going to grow as women in sport when this is all going on? So I really want to ask you, what are your ideas and solutions on how we can help stop this misrepresentation, underrepresentation and negativity surrounding women's sport? Well, first off, we can support female athletes liking, retweeting, following, watching all of their social media interactions and games. Jumping off your point earlier, making sure we are viewing the little coverage that is being broadcasted and showing interest. We can also support and buy from female-owned athletic wear brands and supporting brands such as Outdoor Voices. By funding females within the sports, we are directly supporting their growth and allowing for more equality. We can also work towards less sexualization and more athletic portrayal of women. This is to help represent women in a serious professional light rather than just being another object to look at. Overall, we spoke on some great points and ideas. We also have some great solutions to this problem. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our talk and the different ideas and I really love your solutions. And I really think that can help persuade people to really change their thinking and change um, their decision on what game they're going to watch tonight because we really have a lot of work to do surrounding women's sport as we've seen through the different examples in the media and our own experiences so thank you so much for having me today thank you all for listening and i hope this has changed your thinking surrounding women's sports and for the work that needs to be done with representation sexualization and coverage see you next week